Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Jackson, you wanted it. You got it. We're back, Jack. Woo! Welcome back. Thank you so much. Ask me about my trip and I'll talk about it for the next hour. How are the Hamptons? Thank you for letting me use your family's place. Yep. It's wonderful. Yep. It's right on the water. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, you know, I'm I'm more uh, old money growing up on Tam Avenue. Um, you know, I've spurned the advances of St. Louis Country Club for years. So it was nice to be around the new money that is the Hamptons. Yeah, yeah. It's a and, really great scene. You know, Hamptons. Uh, people welcomed me, and it was wonderful to be there. It's great to be back here in the 101 ESPN studios uh, for our hour of balloon party. We'll take your tributes uh, as you <laughs> welcome us back at 65780. We'll also, uh, the Air Comfort Service text line, will also take your mic drops. That's presented by Rhino Shield. I understand there were some that were sent in while. Yeah, and apparently played by the fast lane, and uh, I need couldn't to, have been more confused. Yeah, I assume I couldn't imagine them being understanding of what, it was something meant for us. But uh, I gotta find that audio so we can play it because that sounds outstanding. I'll talk to Marshy Marsh and the Funky Bunch about it. All right, uh, so uh, Jackson, it's uh, my first program back uh, since uh, the trade deadline. Since the Cardinals have gone on this heater. And uh, I know you want to update people on uh, the NBA, no. but uh, the, l- let me let me get right into wh- where you start because that's where I'm I'm going to start. I mean, you got a six game winning streak. You sweep the New York Yankees, yeah. best team in baseball, brother. Best yep. team in baseball. Yes, without Stanton. Yes, without Rizzo. You didn't face Cole, but still, hey, you know they didn't yeah, face dude. Michaelis. That's fine. Uh, and the Cardinals play like that. And so the question Jackson poses and then I'm going to pose to the audience as well. It's been a little over a week since uh, we have been on the 101 Airways. I would say it's been a lot more than a week. I mean, it's been 12 days. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't count weekends. Okay. Still be. I mean, still would be. Right, but that's Jackson's time. Okay. <laughs> uh, so what were your thoughts on the moves the Cardinals made at the deadline? Do you think they did all they could to get Juan Soto? Are you still concerned about the offensive production going forward? Jackson with uh, Roman numeral one, and then I would say capital letter A, capital letter B, capital letter C. Well, let me tie it into what we have seen recently. Um, so here is what my observation was specific to the trade deadline, because you know, the Padres are on a four-game losing streak since getting Juan Soto, and the Yankees are in a spiral that I would imagine uh, has New York Sports Talk Radio going bat crap this morning uh, ever since the trade deadline. So the night they acquired Quintana, it turns out they also had already worked out the deal 
with Montgomery. Mm -hmm. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah. I learned Uh, that this morning. The New York Post, Gerald Sherman, I was reading his story, and uh, the Cardinals and the Yankees, I'm sure some people in St. Louis didn't know this, uh, had actually agreed on the trade of Bader to the Yankees for Jordan Montgomery the night before, but the Yankees were hoping to get Pablo Lopez from the Marlins. didn't get worked out, so just a few minutes before the actual trade deadline, the Cardinals and the Yankees finished off that deal. So when Quintana was announced the night before the deadline, I was thinking to myself, oh, God, this is going to be it. Now, I was certain, for real, it was going to be Odorizzo. That's who I thought they were going to trade for. Mm -hmm. And so when he didn't come to St. Louis, I was going, oh, well, maybe maybe something's going on here because I don't know what direction they're going. Then it was then Quintana, and I'm like, boy, I hope this isn't it. Right. That's what I was thinking. Right. And then as the day was going, I would imagine— and let's let's be honest, because Jackson calls this show honesty and media. Yeah, I would imagine many of you, and I would put myself in this category, were thinking this is just so disappointing. I mean, Quintana, don't get me wrong, he's been good this year. If he were pitching on a different team, he'd have more wins. But that can't be it. Holy crap, this is going to be it. And then a name that I personally hadn't heard anything about going into the deadline uh, Jordan Montgomery, somebody I'm a fan of, and the Cardinals and the Yankees get a deal done. But the thing I like about it more than Montgomery is that it's sending Bader. And now, and I want to make sure I, I clarify what I mean by that. I'm not anti Harrison Bader. Um, I actually got to know him personally. Good guy, um, amusing personality. And a, and, a, and a great guy to watch run the bases, one of the best base runners in the game, mm. and uh, a hell of a defender. The gold glove speaks for itself. With that said, from an offensive standpoint, you asked about offensive production. From an offensive standpoint, when you already have, at least this year, Molina in the lineup, uh, and the DH situation has left uh, something to be desired, to have somebody with a relatively low floor uh, offensively and a low ceiling offensively who was going to be anytime he's able to play playing and not just this year, but next year, I like that that's out of the mix. Um, so in 2014, the Cardinals acquired uh, John Lackey and that was very helpful. He wound up being arguably their best starter in that postseason, where they beat the Dodgers and then um let Michael Waka pitch the final <laughs> inning, even though he hadn't pitched in a month, uh, and it didn't end necessarily well unless you enjoy walk-off grand slams and players playing positions they've never played before. But what I loved about that trade wasn't necessarily lackey. It was that the Cardinals unloaded Alan Craig in that albatross of a contract. Uh, I couldn't believe that the Red Sox took it on, but they did, and the Cardinals were out from under a contract that was dead money. Now, Harrison Bader is not that, but I feel like somebody taking up a roster spot, and again, I want to make this clear, I don't think he's like some dumpster fire of a player by any means, but here's where my concern is. He is a player who's key in the major leagues is defense and base running, and he has plantar fasciitis, and that's kind of like a shoulder situation for a pitcher. It's not something that just goes away. Ask Albert Pools about it. It is, it is a concern. And as long as he's in there, 
you have a low floor, low ceiling offensive player and potentially compromised defensively and base running wise. And to be able to get Jordan Montgomery for that, I love it. But I, the thing is, I, as high as I am on Montgomery, and I'm a fan of Montgomery's, I'm, I'm a fan of the fact that the Cardinals unloaded Bader for him. Yeah. In New York, the deal is getting killed. The deal is getting killed in New York. Now, the logic on trading Montgomery to the Cardinals and just trading Montgomery in general is that he most likely would not have been on their playoff roster. As weird as that might be for people to believe, uh, because he could wind up being the Cardinals' number three starter if they do get to the NLDS. But with who they have, and certainly they're dealing with some injuries there in that rotation, uh, that and then also, for whatever reason, he is known for taking a long time to get warmed up. He wouldn't be a guy they'd bring out of the bullpen that there was a good chance he wouldn't be on the playoff roster, wouldn't be in the rotation, and then they wouldn't feel comfortable bringing him out of the bullpen. And so he became expendable, plus they felt Aaron Judge in center field was too much of a risk in wearing him down, especially with the year he's having where he's much better suited uh, in right field. Right. And so that's the logic of the Bader deal. But I'm telling you something. Now, when you're the general manager of the New York Yankees, um, and I don't know, if have you watched The Captain at all? I watched the second episode. You didn't watch the first. You I skipped right to the second. Very attempted, interesting choice. Tempted to watch the first one for a reason. It wasn't playing for your, me. Your VCR was off. Yeah, it's my VCR-DVD combo. Blessed. And, uh, and for whatever reason, I couldn't watch the first one, but I did watch the second one. Odd, but nonetheless, <laughs> there's your, it's honesty and media. I've watched, I believe, four of the six that are available. Uh-huh. And Cashman said the day he was hired as the general manager, he did not want the job because he knew he would be fired at some point. And yet here he is like nearly two decades later, still the GM. I would tell you this. We're watching the potential perfect storm of Brian Cashman's demise Mm -hmm. in New York because the expectations there are if this team doesn't win the World Series – Oh, yeah. it's And and here over the last month – now, listen, the the Yankees – record is so good that it's easy to not be aware that they have not been good for the last month or so. Uh-huh. And so the trade deadline irritated people uh, in New York because of the Bader-Montgomery deal, yep. a deal that kind of felt like didn't need to be made. Yeah, seriously. But yeah. from my standpoint as a Cardinal fan and somebody who hosts a talk show in St. Louis, listen, if it were just Quintana, I'd be like, oh, God. But the Montgomery thing I loved because it's Montgomery, but also you're unloading Bader. And now I feel like it's a better spot to clear the way for the minor league prospects and to also let Dylan Carlson fly in center field. And you just ha- you're not going to have a guy who's got a potential career altering situation for what he is, which is a defensive and base running specialist out. So I like it. Yeah, it may wind up working out for the Yankees. I don't know, but from my standpoint, in the moment, that's all you can do because that's what the general managers have is the information at the moment. I really like the deal. More importantly, from a Cardinal standpoint, clearly, and this was before the Yankee series, you could see it, clearly the team was energized by it, yep. um, which is the complete opposite of the situation with the only other team that's quote-unquote competing in the National League Central, and that is... 
the Milwaukee Brewers when they trade Josh Hader away. And you see what's happened with the Brewers here since the trade deadline yep. against butt asses. Yeah. You know, it's not like they went and played the Dodgers. They got worked over by the Reds. So, yeah, the Cardinals swept the Cubs. Great. You'd expect them to win that series. But to beat the Yankees, whether they're missing Stanton and Rizzo and you avoid Cole, I listen, you got to count it in the conversation. But still, it's a great team. Yeah. And those were those games were fun to watch. I realized yesterday was brutal as far as time goes, but it was fun to watch. The atmosphere was incredible. But as far as the team goes, really energized. And that is considering who they're competing with in the division and what the state of mind there is and considering the landscape in the National League. The fact that the Cardinals are only minus 125 or minus 130 to win the Central stuns me. Yeah, But it strikes me as a value. Is it minus 110? I think so. I thought that's what you said earlier today. I could be wrong. So, yeah, I mean, I, I am, in one sense you go, well, why would the best team in baseball let a guy go? And then you understand the backstory on it, but the, the fans in New York aren't happy about it. No. The fans in New York are really pissed about this deal. Right, especially because pitching has been their problem. Uh, their Achilles heel in the last month. And then uh, Montgomery goes out there, and granted, this is five innings worth of a sample size. It's not how you're going to judge a deal, but uh, Montgomery shuts him down in a one nothing game. Yeah, which I loved. I, of all the games this week, I thought Saturdays. Just it was so much emotion. See, I like I'll take Saturday's game over Sundays any yeah. day of the week, and I feel like I'm probably in the minority that I love those kinds of games. Yeah, I love both, but Saturday's game was the when Gallegos got that final strikeout. I mean, that the energy you could like feel watching on TV, and that's what's so special. And I, it was the same case. I'm on vacation, I'm out of town, and I'm watching uh, DeYoung's at bat on Friday night. Yep. And but the ballpark was just full of energy. Yeah, it's awesome. You have the Yankees in town. You have the American League MVP. You have the National League MVP, and you have the team with the best record in baseball. And the Cardinals come back and win one. You have the one nothing win, and then you have uh, what takes place yesterday when Adam Wainwright gets rocked, but the Cardinals are able to win despite it. A couple of other important parts outside of the trade deadline. Yadier Molina back and the impact that has on a pitching staff, the impact that that has. Uh, and then also Paul DeYoung and what's going on there. We talk about what, what Matt Carpenter was able to do in grinding through uh, the last couple of seasons in St. Louis, a minor league situation with the Rangers, and then he comes back along the same lines, not to the extent as far as the numbers at this moment. Paul DeYoung was sent down to Memphis, and yeah, he's still getting paid, and almost all of us involved in this program and listening to this program would love to have that kind of money, but still, that's a big-time demotion, and he's down there for a couple of months, doesn't say a word, rediscovers his swing. The Cardinal offense is a hell of a lot different when he is productive. I realize it's an obvious statement, but that is a game-changer. So DeYoung's return, Molina's return, the injection of the starting pitching, all due respect to Harrison Bader, again, not personal. Uh, I just see it as an addition by subtraction there. It is the best I personally have felt about the Cardinals um god i don't know i don't know since when uh i i I don't know i felt better than i have in the past few years certainly i'm 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 debating i always felt like in 2015 they were a hundred win team so it's weird but i always felt like it was kind of a smoke and mirrors yeah and i know they went to the nlcs in 2019 but that was yeah that was certainly smoke and mirrors 
again, relative to being a championship team. Right. And are they in the class of take your pick of whomever you would utilize right now? No, but now I feel like they, and by that I mean Dodgers, Braves, Mets. Yeah, you're, you're coming off a sweep of the Yankees. But from my standpoint, I really like where they are and what they did. And, um, and, and again, probably the biggest part is the addition by subtraction. But now you have a rotation. You have Plante in the bullpen, and uh, I am enthused by it. So I'm curious what people think. 65780 is how you can text in, Air Comfort Service text line. And you can also leave a mic drop uh, that is presented by Rhino Shield. Tim McKernan, back with you after vacationing at Jackson's parents' house in the Hamptons. Mm-hmm. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you for an hour. And then BK and Ferrario come in. And we welcome you to get involved on the show. We really solicit your involvement. 65780 is how you can text in. Air Comfort Service text line and uh, the Rhino Shield mic drops. Uh, And we have... uh, we have one. We have. What do we, we have, have going on? We have one that's ready to rock and roll. Okay, and it's from our good friend Steve. I mean, we've missed him while we were off, so I want to. We're gonna hear from him. Okay. Hmm. Good game. Six to four. We're about two hours into this one. What is it? The seventh, eighth inning. Stop it! It's the second damn inning. What the holy hell's going on down there? Why don't you guys keep it moving? Stop stepping out of the box. Stop stepping off the mound. Stop adjusting your balls. Let's get in the box and hit the ball. And DeWallet, instead of bleeding us dry for every penny, why don't you hand out some free damn water so you don't have your fat people passing out every two seconds. Hope you had a great trip, McCurkin. Tired of it. Why was my vacation relevant to that? Hey, uh, Steve, call in, I guess. So there was a... There was an onslaught of people passing out at the ballpark? I mean, it was hot. I'll give them that. Were it you was, at the ball yard? I wasn't. I was trying to go Saturday. I couldn't score tickets, uh, but I was. I had a family reunion yesterday. I got there around 1-ish, like 12.45. The game started at 1.15, and you know, we were leaving around 4.45. Game still going on, like in the bottom of the sixth or top of the seventh. But boy, this game's taking a while. I drove the whole way home, listened to it on the radio. This, one of the longer games I've ever seen in my life. It was hard than hell. I assume people were dropping like flies. Well, the umpire had a rough outing. Yeah. Yeah, he was. And uh, he was, uh, I don't know. He was, Certainly there was a heat issue. Uh, his, uh, his, you know, these umpire scores. The, those are the great. Big fan. Those are great. Uh, the overall uh, accuracy, uh, 92% for the record. The average is 94% of accurate calls. He called 206 of 223 pitches correctly. Uh. Uh, and the overall consistency, 16 called balls, uh, and then five called strikes were outside of the zone. Uh, overall, it was plus 3.01 runs for St. Louis was the breakdown. Really? He cost the Yankees 2.62 runs, and uh, the St. Louis Cardinals received 0.39 runs. The biggest calls missed. Uh, top of the fifth inning, Stratton on the mound facing Gonzalez. No outs, bases loaded, 3-2 count, ball is called a strike. <laughs> yeah, and it was, it was egregious. <laughs> yeah, I, there was some that were like, 
And there, I remember Wayno got a great pitch in there low, and it was called a ball, and he just stood there, and Yachty held the ball. And I was like, it doesn't matter if Wayno throws this into the bleachers, they're going to call the strike next pitch. I was uh, out driving for a portion of the game, and I heard Ricky Horton describing the situation with the umpire clearly getting woozy back there. And he said, although he's cost himself uh, a couple of minutes with some of his calls today, by extending the game. Uh, the yeah. second worst call, uh, according to uh, this bottom of the second, uh, Montes to uh, DeYoung, no outs, base is empty, 3-2 count, and what was a strike pretty clearly yeah. was called a ball. And then in the top of the fifth, facing Matt Carpenter, two outs, runners on second and third, 2-2 two, two count, and a ball is called a strike. And that was not as bad as the Gonzalez one, according to the chart, but it was also way outside. So the Cardinals got some breaks on that one. Yeah, I mean, there was the... Uh, Ed Hickox. Yeah, Paul DeYoung sliding in. That was pretty obvious that he was safe and instantly called him out. And yeah, there was one where I felt like Wayne out threw six strikes to get a strikeout. You know, called a lot of called balls there. Yeah, it was uh, it was an unfortunate day, and it was so hot. I do kind of feel bad for the umpire because he was getting, and then Boone came out and yelled at him. He tossed him and the pitching coach. Hey, Pippi. Yo. I didn't, how can you not score tickets? You work in sports media. That's from the three one four. Uh, right with Saturday it was the record attendance for Bush Stadium. Never seen that before. Were you taking a lady friend? Uh, no, no. I was looking to go with some I'm going to call. I wasn't. I was with the lady friend on Friday, but not Saturday. Oh, look at this. The most eligible bachelor in St. Louis might not be eligible anymore. No, I still am eligible. Oh, open relationship. Very progressive. Yeah, Your well, thoughts on Jackson being in an open relationship? Six, five, seven, eight, vacation zero. Vacation Leave, leave uh, a mic drop, uh, a Rhino Shield mic drop. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tim, what Jackson means is he couldn't get any green seats on Saturday. Right, yeah. No, I'm not sitting in the loge. <laughs> in terraces. Yeah. Jackson, sorry to hear your family reunion. At the top of the chase was warm. Hope Buddy brought her portable AC carried by the manservant. Thanks. That's from the 5-7. Your family reunion was at the top of the chase. I didn't know about that. No, it was not. <laughs> okay. Uh, guys, Wainwright struck out Donaldson twice and won at bat. It was yeah, wild. that was it. That was the Donaldson one. He threw six strikes to him. And then there was one where Wayno stared at the umpire and Yachty held the ball. <laughs> and I could feel the umpire just sweating like <laughs> like a grease pig thinking about it. It was like, oh, boy. What a clinic. Uh, now, at this point, the Cardinals uh, get a trip to Denver. Yep. And then cool it's Brewer off. time. Yeah. And then it's Brewer time. Yeah, the Brewers got a situation on their hands. They and, do. And their fa- I can't imagine the fan base in Milwaukee is very God, can happy. you imagine? I, I don't know what would have been a parallel to trading Hater Helsley? here in St. Louis. Because like, Hater's a different been, set of circumstances, yeah. though, because the free agency. And they have Devin Williams, which makes things Still, unique. Though. Oh, of course. I, th- I think it was a wild. I was shocked when I heard it, but the Cardinals don't have like a fallback guy that would even be close to. God, can you imagine if that happened here? Yeah, if they got rid of Helsley, I think that would be it. I just, I don't, I don't know. I'm, but again, I mean, Helsley's kind of a new sure, hater okay. is a force and has been for a number of years, and you're in first place when it happens. And you don't do anything else that really gets people excited as far as acquisition goes. So, man. And then and you see how the teams respond. Now, it should be made clear, I think the Yankees overall 
would feel like they are net better than where they were before the trade deadline. I think they would say that. Yeah. Uh, it'd be weird if they didn't. <laughs> but with that said, they've gone on a losing streak, oh, yeah. uh, which is why I speak to these sample size, you know, the, the, these these moves are not made for the next five games. They are made for October. But if the Yankees do not win the American League pennant, and it's in part because of starting pitching, Brian Cashman's very long and surprisingly comfortable tenure, despite no world championship mm-hmm. uh, since 2009, I'm going to say, and that I'm going to step out of the batter's box and say, keep an eye on that one, Jackson. Yeah. That's all I'm going to. That's all I'm going to tell. Yeah, they're in a tough situation where it's World Series or bust, and you know, with the payroll they have and the talent. I mean, you got Aaron Judge, 43 home runs and batting 300. Like you got to. It's kind of you got to raise some hardware or else you're going to have some tough and questions. And Garrett Cole to now is under the microscope. Yep. He's, he's fallen off a little bit relative to yeah. where he was. Uh, let's see what we got going here. Uh, my buddies and I went to Milwaukee this weekend. Somehow three-fourths of the fans we talked to were okay with the hater trade, saying they know they couldn't or wouldn't pay him. That is from the 314. Uh, hey, Jackson, please do not attempt to serenade your companion. That's from the 304. Is that in reference to when you sang, like, in our second week here at 101 ESPN? I sang you, did take, you, me, did out you, the, oh, I sang, take me out to the ball game on opening day. That's what it was. Yeah, that was that went poorly. Would you like to have that one back? Uh, well, Is that a putt that you feel like maybe? It's like, the, it's like local news in the winter. Well, season's only... 250 days away, so I'll do it again next year. Uh, it's comical that the Brewers got Rodgers back in the hater deal. Who has 28 saves, and they have made him in riddle relief in the setup role. Uh, that's from the 314. Overall, here is the thing, and I know for a lot of Cardinal fans, people are wondering about this, and it's not like it's it's proven that it's not happening. I just have not been of the opinion that Nolan Arenado would opt out. I think a lot of people are worried or were worried about it. Look how fired up he look how fired up he was yesterday. Yes. But in interviews he is so enthused by what has taken place with the deadline uh that that you know and I just I, I sense that the team is and they feel like they've got a real shot. And you know, are they the most glamorous names? No. But to be able to get Montgomery, I didn't even hear him being talked about. No, Did you I, hear him being talked about at all? No, it was Montes, Odorizzi. Uh, Castillo Ple- was the big one. Plezak I heard thrown around, but I never heard anything about Jordan Montgomery. And the Mariners got him Yeah. Uh, fairly well before the trade deadline. I think five days before the trade deadline, if yeah. memory serves. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I just... And I'm like, oh, God, it's only going to be Quintana, and this is just going to continue to spiral. So in the Montgomery thing, I was I didn't even know he was available, and, wow, it didn't cost prospects. It cost Bader. And listen, Bader might wind up killing it. You know, he might wind up being a hero in New York. He's from New York. Yeah. Um, but that is a – boy, that is a that was a really – it just was a move that I didn't feel like the Yankees needed to make. I guess that's, that's how I'd sum it up. Yeah. I, I just don't – yeah, I don't, I don't get it. When pitching is your problem, you're going to get rid of a guy. And I mean, he's had a couple bad starts as recently, but he's had a fairly good ERA in a tough ballpark. With well, you a, acquired a guy with a shoulder problem. Exactly. And I mean, the defense and the Yankees' defense isn't outstanding combined now with the ballpark. And so he's not as bad as labeled or was labeled, I guess, was valued. But like I, I said this earlier on TMA, you know, Montes with his shoulder injury, who the Cardinals were looking at, would cost you three, three of the top, pro- not maybe not three, but some top prospects. Jordan Montgomery, 
who with Montez shoulder injury is pretty comparable, cost you Harrison Bader, who might be a declining asset. I think it's a really great move, prudent move. After these six games, this team looks and feels so different. It reminds me of some of the top Cardinal teams of the last 20 years. That's from Zach, and he is in Danville, Illinois. Uh, when I think of the best Cardinal teams over the last 20 years, uh, Jackson, I will rank them this way. Okay, you, you wanted a Mount Rushmore? Fine, I'll do it. 2004. Yeah. 2000. God, this is going to be tough where I go second on my Mount Rushmore, my Jefferson, if yeah, you will. Yeah, right, right. Uh, I guess I'll go 2011. Yeah. 09? 09 is in there. Yeah. But then that means is 06, is 05 out, is 13 out? That's the tough thing about this Mount Rushmore. That's why take, Mount Rushmore's are such cutting-edge sports talk radio. It's, really, yeah, it's, it's like, whoa, I've never heard this. I would take 06 over 13. I know, like, that sound, like, but you had Albert in his prime. You had Edmonds, you know, really playing well, rolling. I think that team on paper looks better than the 13 one, in my opinion. Yeah, I, the thing is, the guy, the guys on the team actually don't feel that way. I know, I, I've heard that, but I just the uh, 016. Well, you would know better, right? I, I do. <laughs> Thank you. I do know better. The 016 was sick. Fine. Uh, you know who's going to call in now? Chris Carpenter to talk with you. Oh boy, can I leave? <laughs> uh, we'll take a break. This is Balloon Party 101 We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back, Balloon Party 101 ESPN. And and holy crap, is it really 1044? Oh, boy. (laughs) Is that right? Am I still on Eastern time? It's 1044. (laughs) Oh, I think think that first segment really hamstrung us. (laughs) Is that right? Well, I really felt like I... Well, I'm, I'm, it's like we lost our with our five-month-old by going out of town, the, the sleep uh, situation now, uh, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And so I lost, I was starting to get comfortable with the clock, and now by leaving, I've yeah. lost my... Hey, you've lost your feel of it. My feel. Uh, one of Jackson's, Lisa, by the way, texted and she automatically gets read. Absolutely. Tim, welcome back. If the Cardinals start losing, you're going back on vacation. That's from Lisa. She's a... She's a She's a gem. A friend of the feather. A gem. That's what she is. Uh, here's one of uh, Jackson's uh, questions also, and I like this. And, yeah, I realize he passed away, what, six days ago, five days ago. But uh, I like the general point of the question. And the question involves uh, Vin Scully. And uh, here, is the, here is the query. After the passing of Vin Scully, I began thinking about the modern age of broadcasting. Vin felt like the voice of the sport for so many years and was so iconic that even non-Dodgers fans were aware and appreciated his greatness. Do you think we could ever see anything similar with broadcasters in the future? With the modern style of broadcasting and guys moving around to different networks, do you think we could ever see another Vin? I could do about three hours on this. <laughs> I honestly could. Yeah. Uh, let me start with this. Uh, and because, because my answer, to be concise, which is certainly not a strong point, is no. The answer is no, mm-hmm. we will not. Uh, going forward, I think Joe Buck, yeah. Bob Costas, of guys who are still active, uh, Al Michaels, are in that category. Uh, and I may be accidentally leaving people out. But Nance, the, answer, yeah. the answer, yes, the answer is no going forward. And I have a couple of reasons for it. Uh, I will start with Exhibit A. Exhibit A is his call of Hank Aaron's uh, home run breaking Babe Ruth's record. Take a listen if you would. No strikes. Aaron waiting. The outfield deep and straight away. 
Fastball is a high drive into deep left center field. Buckner goes back to the fence. It is gone. in the deep south for breaking a record of an all-time baseball idol. And it is a great moment for all of us, and particularly for Henry Aaron. There it is. So the focal point, by the way, I asked Jackson in the commercial break, should we play the call or just the point? And Jackson said, the whole call. And I think that was the right call, even yeah. though I know there was kind of like moments there where you're just hearing fireworks going off and right. going, what right. the hell is this? But Vin Scully kind of is the first one to bring in. We'll let the crowd noise speak for itself. Exactly. I thought that was the brilliance of it. Which Joe Buck has said he has adopted in many of his calls. And I was listening to Joe on a podcast last week with Richard Dyche of The Athletic. And, uh, and they were recalling Vin Scully. And in the conversation... Uh, Dyche asked Buck essentially what you asked me in in your series of questions, Jackson, will there be another person like that? Can there be another person like that? And Joe's answer was no. And I don't know if both of them talked about that call. And in particular, the moment, now this is 1974, in which he says, what a great moment, I'm paraphrasing, a black man is getting a standing ovation in the South. As it's it's poetic, mm-hmm. and there is a great amount of truth to it, considering 1974. Now, and Joe said you couldn't say that now, which is which is odd that we actually have gone backwards. Right. That you couldn't say that now, as weird as that might sound, without catching a bunch of hell. And the reason I bring that up is what made Vin Scully and take your pick of whomever else, certainly Joe, Joe's father, uh, and other broad, Carrie, Carrie, yeah. so beloved was you felt like they were a friend. They were relatable. Uh, they were people who you would want to watch a game with. Mm-hmm. And now broadcasters because oftentimes management respond to social media and broadcasters have to become oftentimes, again, not across the board, but in the ones who don't have the gravitas, uh, you know, coming up. So if you're in your 20s, you have to play scared. And if you play scared, you can't be yourself. And to me, my opinion, being yourself is one of the keys to having success in the industry, for better or for worse, but at least people know you're being genuine. Uh, and and so, therefore, I think that is over. And in, in something that really was, in the moment, poetic, beautiful, and a, and a real macro observation of baseball, America, uh, the civil rights movement, Atlanta, uh, all of that, 
would at this moment be condemned by a healthy number of people. And the broadcaster might experience some kind of backlash for something that it sounds as casual as that. And again, that's coming that's coming from Joe Buck and Richard Dyche, you know, media critic and you know, guy at the top of the game. So my answer to your question to be succinct, no. And I think it's incredibly unfortunate. We'll take a break, come back with more Balloon Party 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101. ESPN. Welcome back. Final segment of the award-winning Balloon Party radio program. Back after uh, 12 days, I was vacationing. Uh, Jackson's parents have a couple of homes, actually, in the Hamptons. One in Northampton, one in Southampton. I was in Northampton. Um, and that was really kind of your family it's to let me use the jet to fly into the... Token of our gratitude. You know, it, don't think about it too much. Thank you. Uh, Tim, there will never be another Vin Scully or another Lil Piddles. Damn straight. You said a mouthful there. We had tickets to give away. Uh, guys, was Vin Scully better than Jack Buck? That's from the 636. The answer to the question is it's subjective. Right. Um, my greatness is objective. Uh, but Vin Scully and Jack Buck, that's subjective. Right. Yours is cemented. You know, nothing else needs to be said. Those Thank two, you. it's just your personal preference. I mean, and those two are like... If you're like of icons of baseball broadcasting, those are one. That's one in one A. Joe was saying in that podcast, a great interview, by the way. Uh, Richard Dyche on the Athletic. If you want to listen to it uh, with Joe last uh, Wednesday, whatever it was, and uh, he was saying Vin never was like a hangout guy. He goes, if you would have seen in the press box, my dad, he'd be like talking to people. Uh, and like scheduling where they were going to meet after the game for dinner and having a drink, you know, or whatever. That was that was more his thing. And Vin was, you know, but again, incredibly, incredibly uh, kind and likable. Um, but he said my dad it would, it was more gruff. Um, but I'm telling you, Jack Buck, it's one of those things. I feel like people, I hear it even more now, ne- you know, never meet your heroes because it'll ruin your impression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jack Buck, without question, was my hero. Yeah. And the interactions with him, in particular the afternoon where I went to his home to interview him for television, it, it's one of my favorite days of my life, much less my career. And he was just such a kind and good man. And uh, and so, you know, it, it, when it comes to baseball broadcasters, people are biased toward the ones they grew up listening to. That's no just doubt. the nature of that's no the doubt. nature of the beast. But what I'm saying with regards to it is is the, the situation has just changed in general. It doesn't mean the broadcasters have had to change, but you just don't have people experiencing games like they used to by sitting and listening to the radio or going to bed with the radio under their pillow. That's just not the way things work. So uh, that's another reason why we will not hear or see something like that again. But I'm but. Yeah, people speak candidly and and they get, you know, fired. So people will err on the side of caution to make make sure they keep their jobs. That's that's another reason why. All right, it's time for us to go. BK and Ferrario are up next. Jackson, wonderful to return to the 101 ESPN studios. It's been a treat. Vacation. BK and Ferrario up next for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. 
You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.